We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Everybody, uh, welcome to Week Ten Solo Ship. I'm Scroll Patrol, JM Dewin. JM, I gotta, I gotta thank you for last week because <laughs> Justin Fields was not on my radar, and then we did a show on Friday last week, and I think I was talking about Aaron Rodgers, like my you know favorite cheap quarterback or underpriced quarterback, and you're like, oh, I'm surprised you don't like Justin Fields. I'm like, ooh, Fields is a good play, <laughs> and. And I did Sunday morning, I did the, uh, you know, like the Road to Grinders pregame show. And um, Eric Bimefor asked me like, what one stack to win it all? And I, I kind of wanted to get a little bit different. So I said like, Justin Fields and Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah. and that, you know, that ended up being what I played. You know, and I, it was actually my 150 lineup set though on, on FanDuel that really did well. And I, I won the like $9 rush. Um, I won the... Uh, the 150 entry uh, live final qualifier with that 150 lineup. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, seventh or eighth in their Millie Maker, which really only pays 250000 the first. But I, you know, I was actually winning that like the $5 Millie Maker on FanDuel for um, like through the, the 1 p.m. games. 
Um, and then, but I didn't have enough guys going in the in the last game. Really, as a Raheem Mostert, I was kind of ended up on that roster as a run back along with Tyreek Hill, um, and he ended up losing you know more more work than I expected to, to Jeff yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Um, so otherwise, would have had like a bananas day, but um, but still, yeah, pretty good as it was. So I gotta gotta thank you. Um, but like this week is is shaping up like kind of ugly. I've seen it all over like Twitter before I even uh, before I even looked at the schedule or looked at the week at all. It was like, oh, this is an ugly looking week. Um, and I don't think it's so much ugly as I just think there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, and one of the things that I said this week is. Uh that one of the good things about an ugly week is everybody's playing the same week, right? Everybody else has to deal with this week too. So realistically, it gives us an edge to have an ugly week. Uh, by the way, for anyone listening, uh, my voice sounds a little different, been, been under the weather all week. Um, and then, yeah, on the Justin Fields thing, it's funny, people, sometimes they've asked me for years, like especially back when I was at Roto Grinders and my, my stuff reached like the whole Roto Grinders audience. But people would ask me how I think about like, oh, well, your thoughts probably influence ownership and blah, blah, blah. And I was always like, honestly, my thoughts never influence ownership. Like, you know, there's so many different components to go into. Um, but last week might have been one of the only times that I, I feel like I maybe did because I I mean, I was I was really banging the drum on Justin Fields everywhere last week in the in Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life newsletter. I have a Friday piece that goes in there. And I, uh, I likened playing Justin Fields last week to when we were playing – Josh Allen in 2018 and people weren't on him his rookie year down the stretch. Uh, so yeah, it was fun to, um, obviously we saw ownership from, uh, Rotor Grinders had fields like 3% when we did our show last week. Well, we had him at like 5.8%. And by the weekend, you know, he was like 11 to 15% owned. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun week to get some Justin Fields action with some Tyree kill bring back some Devonte Adams. Um, so yeah, now let's see if we can re- recreate the magic this week when, Things are really ugly. And I think one of the things, you know, we talk a lot about chalk, chalk usually being sharp. And one of the things I always talk about is that chalk forms no matter what, and that there's some weeks, like on weeks where there's a lot of good plays and we're finding like the best plays of those good plays, it makes sense that those plays are hitting most often. But I also, I'm always looking for the weeks where chalk is chalk just because that's all that's available. And I think we have some spots like that this week, like Damon Pierce, if you mess around with an optimizer this week, you literally can't get the optimizer to not put Damon Pierce in your roster. And he's a super sharp player, right? He's getting all these touches and he's playing a, a mediocre Giants run defense that, um, you know, they're really great in the red zone. So they don't allow a lot of touchdowns, a lot of fantasy points to running backs, but they give up yards and maybe Damon Pierce gets touchdowns. But, but if we could say, what if Kenneth Walker and Joe Mixon and Ramondre Stevenson and Travis Etienne were all priced in the same price range like last week. Would Damon Pierce be the guy that everyone's playing? You know, probably not. He's going to be on like 40% of rosters. He's top 20.3 DraftKings points once this year. Uh, again, he's the sharpest running back play this week, but on a different week, he might be going like super overlooked. And so I'm always looking for spots like that where we can kind of outmaneuver the field. And then this week there's like three quarterbacks who actually look good on paper. It's Fields and Tua and, and Mahomes. And um, so, yeah, it's a very interesting weekend that you can kind of play the chalk. You can go, you know, Tyreek's really the only high-priced wide receiver who looks really good. So you can go like Damon Pierce and one of these three quarterbacks, Tyreek Hill, and and then like Foster Moreau or Matt Collins because Renfro and Waller. Are out. But then you've got the same roster as everybody else. So uh, kind of a fun week for tournaments in that you can take some suboptimal plays but as long as your ceiling is still there, you can be really different from the field. I, I really like 
that aspect of this week. I won't say this is a week I love, like last week was a week I loved, but uh, there are some fun aspects to this week. Yeah, I think you just you just nailed it. Like it's it's true. It's there's a lot of uncertainty this week. We're all playing the same week. My my wife makes fun of me with when I play NBA, right? Because like NBA is very much like down to the minute that like roster is coming out, and like I'll come down after I lock at seven o'clock, and I'll be like, oh, it was a terrible, terrible lock. <laughs> we get all these like injury news like coming out the last like five minutes. All these rosters we didn't expect, like starting lineups we didn't expect. It was a terrible gonna be a terrible night and those are usually the nights i do the best my wife's like now like great you know but it, it's true like if, if if there's so much stuff going on like it, no um it's going on for everyone right like like we are all playing the same exact slate uh so it is i think it's a great week to, to get different i think it's like optimizers and projections love like certainty they love like median projections right that's what that's what you're getting like damien pierce like it, um, there's so much uncertainty that like Damian Pierce, we know his role. We know he's going to get a bunch of carries, but there's nothing changed about him this week. That's like different than any other. Right, week. right, right. Just, like, everyone else are like, I don't know. I don't know. Like we don't know who's going to play. So, uh, so I play Damian Pierce, you know, like that's what your projections and your optimizer are going to tell you to do right now. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a week that we're going to wake up on Sunday morning and we're, we're going to suddenly know like, is Josh Allen playing and, you know, is, and like maybe we'll get some some tidbits about different guys' roles. It's it's a week that I think more than any other week I'm going to really try to swing for the fences with some guys that might put up complete duds, but like they could they could break out uh, and they could you know and I'm going to try to swing and miss cheap. Like if I swing, it's going to be on, on guys that I think are a little bit cheaper and are going to be really underpriced. They kind of like uh, Chase Claypool. Um, somebody you can pair with with Justin Fields, like his role might be much different than we're expecting from the projections, right? Like the projections might be projecting him based off of like data from last week or from from in Pittsburgh earlier this this season, and he might like he's a guy that the Bears went out and specifically tried to get to pair with with Justin Fields, like Jeff Wilson, guy that cost me a lot of money last week, like because he took off where he most of his carries, like well maybe. Like it's actually not that common that you see a guy get that big of a role in his first week with, with the team. Like we kind of expected like Naheem Hines to maybe get a lot more work in Buffalo. And I like I don't don't think he saw the field at all. I you know, statistically, may, may as well have not have been on the field. Um, you know, and uh, a guy like Jalen Warren, like he, you know, we've been hearing all all season that maybe like he's gonna see more of a role with Pittsburgh. Well, the, they're coming out of their bye week. So if they're gonna make that kind of change, they might make it you know, on the bye week, uh, kind of like the Pittsburgh offense as a whole this week, maybe trying to be overweight that uh, just because, you know, rookie quarterback, you know, now, like, especially a rookie quarterback that didn't start the season as the starter with the bye week, you know, two weeks to prepare, like maybe that offense comes out a little bit sharper than it, it would have before the bye. I like that a lot of the guys you mentioned are running backs too, because like this week, it's like Damon Pierce at 6,300 and he's chalk because he's the only guy under 7K with a real role. And then you get to like ETN at 7,100. Jonathan Taylor, who I really like this week, maybe we'll get to him a little bit uh, in a bit, but 7,500 and Alvin Kamara is in that range and Derrick Henry's like 8,300. It's like you're kind of forced up to these high price running backs. And one of the first things I was doing this week was looking below 6K. I mean, like, what do we have, right? Well, you know, we've got a bunch of split backfields with a lot of question marks. And so I think that one of the things that'll be interesting is turn, in tournaments is finding a way to play. Like if one, if Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt scored 23 points week one, he had scored 25.9 or more 
in three of his previous 12 games coming into this season, right? So he's capable of putting up a 25-plus point score at 5,300. Nobody's going to be on him. Uh, Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert, right? Like one of the things I think it's interesting there is Mike McDaniel had both of these guys with the San Francisco offense. So the terminology is the same. So it's easy for these guys to like – it's easy for Jeff Wilson to step in. So that could actually be the maximum role he has. And maybe Mostert gets the hot hand this week and nobody's going to be on him. I think that we could see a lot of sharp people – moving over to Jalen Warren because they're like, oh, I've been paying attention to the news. But then Jalen Warren said this week that his practice snaps haven't increased at all. And Matt Canada said this week that he thinks Najee Harris is going to turn a corner, right? So like Najee Harris got six catches his last game and, and everybody's going to be like, well, nobody's playing Najee Harris. It's going to be like 2% owned at 5,500. We're probably going to see like a few people chasing Jalen Warren, maybe Najee Harris hits. And so, uh, or, or I think another really interesting one here is Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, what if they both get 15-plus carries? And what if Justin Fields rushes for 60 yards, throws for 175, accounts for one or two touchdowns? That's like 17 to 23 fantasy points for Justin Fields. And what if Herbert or Montgomery end up putting up 25-plus points? So I think that there's a lot of interesting ways to save salary at running back and what that'll do because it's so clear this week. Like, okay, you play Damon Pierce because he's the only guy who's like affordable at running back. And you get one of these high-priced guys. And then Tyree kills the most attractive high-priced wide receiver. So you either go up to him or you sacrifice there, go to like Waddle or Amon Ross St. Brown and, you know, mix and match from there. Like everybody's going to be doing the same thing. So if you go one or two of these cheaper running backs or even just uh, Damon Pierce plus another cheap running back or even Tony Pollard, who I think is really interesting this week because Zeke's back. But two weeks ago when we all played Pollard, he only played 30 out of 57 snaps, Right. And Malik Davis got those other touches and those other snaps. Well, what if Zeke's not really back, which it sounds like he's not, right? It sounds like he's still kind of iffy. He's talked about taking the long view. And now Zeke and Pollard are the two running backs. But maybe they only want to give Zeke 40% of the snaps. And now Pollard gets 60%. He actually gets more snaps than he did two weeks ago. Uh, and you can play Pollard in one of these cheap running backs. There's just a lot of ways to approach roster construction really differently than the field because the slate just forces you on to – a very specific roster construction approach. I think that's going to be one of the big ways to do something different this week. And like, like you said, swing for the fences, right? Like it's a week to take some suboptimal plays that have ceiling in order to really like have a shot at first place. Cause otherwise you're just doing the same thing as everyone else. Yeah. It's, it's actually interesting. Each of the guys that I mentioned kind of has a mirror image that might be even lower. Owned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're all not great plays on paper, but like any of them could hit. Yeah, and it, it's like people don't want to play split backfields, right? Because there's no certainty. Like I don't know, was, but like if there's if you've got a week where there is no certainty anywhere, like you might as well swing for, and hope that you you get the guy that gets you know the touchdown or ends up just getting more of the the passing down work, you know, on DraftKings, you know, point per reception. Uh, actually, a guy just going along with the cheap running backs like Devin Singletary is a little bit yep, interesting yep. to me. Um, they got Naeem Hines and like Singletary is like particularly cheap on FanDuel. Um, so it's a, a more interesting play there. And, and the Buffalo offense as a whole, I think is going to be an offense I end up being overweight on because it, it is the prime like uncertain stop, spot. We don't know is Josh Allen playing or not. And I kind of want to just be over. I want to go into Sunday with a plan that I'm, you know, maybe more on 150 lineup set. I'm going to try to be overweight the Buffalo offense, like, and even the Buffalo quarterback. Like, if Josh Allen's playing, then try to be overweight him, thinking that, you know, people are going to be less on him because of the the injury. Um, if Casey Keenum's starting, like, that's not something people are going to have been thinking about 
all weekend. So then, or, you know, or all week at least. So like maybe be overweight Keenum, especially at 5,000 on, on DraftKings. You know, if I can get the, the quarterback that's throwing to like Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs against the Minnesota defense, then like maybe that's something I'm, I'm interested in. Right. Um, you know, especially at, at the cheaper price, like try, it's, it's tough trying to fit in Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. But if, if suddenly the Buffalo quarterback's only 5,000, that's like, that's a much more affordable stack there. Um, and then, you know, the team with the highest implied point total of the week is, is actually Kansas City, I believe. Um, and like, not a lot of people are talking about it. It's like everybody now wants to play Justin Fields, which I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be overweight or underweight the field on, on Fields. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> well, if, if you try to build like a Mahomes and Kelsey roster, given how weird running back is, it's so difficult. If you try to build like a two, a double stack this week, given how weird running back is so difficult. So I love it because two is going to be popular, but two, a double stacks will be less popular than they should be. Mahomes to Kelsey is so difficult to build around that it'll be less popular than it should be. And so I think that there's a lot of edge this week in, in kind of moving in different directions, right. To where, to me, I, I mean, Justin Fields is like a feather in my cap type guy now, right? That I was like, I said, play him against Dallas. I said, play him last week, play him everywhere. But but it's like now I also have to recognize that he can put up 17 to 23 points at high ownership. And what are some of the other places that we can go, right? Like if he puts up that and Mahomes puts up 36 or 38, now we're in great shape. Or if he puts up that and the Tua double stack ends up being the stat that you had to have we're in great shape. I also want to recognize at the same time that like fields can put up 27 pretty easily Tua can put up 27 pretty easily and they're kind of underpriced, right? Like these cheaper guys aren't that far below them. So I want the guys who can put up big games. So the only other quarterbacks on my list besides the three main guys are going to, and this isn't say these are the only guys you can hit, right? But the only other guys I'm looking at are Keenum and uh, Trevor Lawrence, because he's opposite Patrick Mahomes, right? That game goes off. That could end up working out. Or Kenny Pickett, who, I mean, I said on the show like three or four weeks ago, like I think Kenny Pickett to Deontay and Pickens is going to win a Millie Maker this year just because of the way his style of play, right? He's aggressive. He throws the ball downfield. He bootlegs. He runs the ball. And there's going to be one of these weeks where he doesn't throw a ton of picks and he throws for 350 yards and three or four touchdowns and maybe even runs for 30, 40 yards. And this week they're playing uh, a Saints team that has two interceptions all year, right? Like, clearly Pickett could double like their interception total on in the year, but also he could come out of this with a clean game. And, and that's one where it's like fields could put up 25, Tua could put up 25, but Pickett could put up 32, 33, and he could also put up seven or eight. But if we're swinging for the fences, if we're trying to get first place, like he's one of the only guys who can really like blow past everybody else. And then I think Keenum's interesting too, because like you said, you get Gabe Davis, you get Stephon Diggs, like Keenum and Diggs played together for years in Minnesota. Um, Keenum's a capable backup as long as, you know, we sometimes see these guys like time erodes their skills. So who knows what we'll get with Keenum, but uh, I'm kind of, I've been approaching this week as if Allen will be out because Vegas has treated it that way, right? They dropped the the bills implied team total to 23 and a half, but I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm already ready that if Josh Allen's in there, like I'm going to get some Josh Allen in and use an opto and just get like a bunch of Josh Allen. Cause most, most people hand builders, it's going to be like, well, what I'm already set for the week. Let's just leave Josh Allen alone. And then I'm going to have some Keenum mixed in on the, on the flip side of that. And then even for, for single entry, which this show is technically focused on, there's the three quarterbacks, right? But among those three, 
Fields is the sharpest play, but not to the extent that ownership is going to say, right? So I'm way likelier to have Tua or Mahomes or even Pickett on single entry than I am to have Justin Fields. Uh, I love the Fields play this week, but there's just other ways. Like my main build probably won't have Fields and Damon Pierce, you know? Like, And then it's like, hey, I now need just two things to this point. Definitely probably won't have Damon Pierce just because like we said, he's chalk because of what the week gives us. And I think he's a super sharp play. I think he's the best running back play on this slate, but on another slate, he'd be completely overlooked. And so uh, he's more fragile than the typical chalk running back. And I just need that one thing to fail. And now I can outmaneuver everybody and, and fields is less fragile than Damon Pierce. But like, I think his ownership could get really out of control this week. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I agree. I think he had you know, much higher ownership. Like you you referenced, like he had much higher ownership than projected last week. Uh, and I, so I think he's going to be a popular play. He's, I mean, he's a guy that kind of has like a history. Like he was a highly regarded, you know, first round quarterback. And people thought like he's going to be the next star. And it, it seems like it happened so often. Like, like you said, it, it might be very similar to like a Josh Allen career path where, you know, guys get drafted highly and then they, uh, it's tough to play quarterback in the NFL. They kind of flounder for a little while and then they're like, oh, this guy's a dud. And, and sometimes the guys are duds, but sometimes it's just taking them a little bit of time to, to pick up on the, the NFL. Um, I do think like Fields, Fields can break the slate, but he is, I mean, he's 1,200 more than he was last week. And there's like a path to failure as well. And I actually, I don't like him. I was thinking specifically because I always try to 
to re remind myself that this is a single entry show that I don't like him for, for single entry. Cause I do, I think the ownership in single entry in particular could get out of control for, for a quarterback. And he, he can very easily put up a dud. Like if he doesn't get the rushing touchdowns, uh, which are not going to be guaranteed, then he, like he can put up a dud. And I get the, the bears running backs are actually an interesting pivot. Um, like pick another quarterback and play the bears running backs um, and just say that maybe, maybe they get there. Actually, a quarterback that it hadn't really occurred to me until just now, um, but that you didn't mention is uh, is Goff. Like, what if you played like paired uh, Derek Goff with with like the Bears running backs, or just played Goff, you know, with Amon Ross, St. Brown, um, yeah, and then you could put a Bears running back in, and then put in some other some pieces from other games. I think that's an it's an interesting way to kind of spin that the uh, Detroit. Chicago game, uh, just presuming it's not it's not Justin Fields getting the rushing touchdowns, but maybe the Bears are still scoring, and then Jared Goff, because I, I know like one week season the write up was talking about the um, pressured Goff versus non pressured yeah, Goff. Yeah, yeah, such a difference. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think Goff's going to be in my pool this week, but among like the fourteen guys who are not, like he was definitely one of the ones that was like, oh, here's an interesting one, like. Would it surprise me if Goff ends up being on the winning rosters and in, in tournaments? No, it really wouldn't. You know, and he's got Amon Ross St. Brown, he's got Cleef Raymond, he has clear stacking partners. And then you bring that back with even a Chase Claypool, but especially like a, a Chicago running back. Yeah, it just becomes super interesting. What's great about the Chicago wide receivers, too, is if they're hitting for a big game, that might be taking away from Fields' chance of hitting for a big game. Cause he's still not like he's not gonna throw for more than 225, 250 yards in like a huge passing game, right? And so if those are going to wide receivers to enough of an extent that these guys are hitting for like the type of game you had to have, that's probably taking away a lot of fields rushing yards as well. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of interesting ways to play around with it. And for me, yeah, I think single entry, my likeliest starting point is going to be Mahomes, Tua, or Pickett. And that's while acknowledging that fields is the best on paper play of the bunch. Uh, my single entry play probably won't have Damon Pierce while acknowledging that Damon Pierce is clearly going to be this chalk for a reason, but again, would be not chalk in a, in a week with better options available. And so if Tua gets 17 points and Damon Pierce gets 15, 16 points, well, I'm like so far ahead of everybody just by having, you know, those two pieces of chalk breaking that I can kind of do whatever I want in, in other spots. Um, do you have any thoughts on the Jonathan Taylor play? I was a little surprised you mentioned him. Ah, I don't know. He's, I don't like the idea, the injury history, right? Where within a season he gets hurt and it's like, okay, he's back now. You know, the, and it seemed like the injury lingered a little bit too. Like they were said, like he was like practicing and then just didn't make it into the games. And it, I think the first week was like a Thursday night. And it was like, well, maybe they want to give him the extended rest till like till the next Sunday. But I think he missed the next Sunday too. And it's like, Ooh, that was a more serious injury than we thought. And then he came back. Well, I didn't do particularly well. And then I think missed another game. And it just seems like it's, it's this lingering thing. And now he's back. But now it's really hard to know. Is he back back? Or is he, or are they just throwing him in there? It's, it's tough. I'm more down on him, I think, in, in season long than, you know, than maybe this week. Uh, just because I think they've got a lead by week. And it, I don't know. Like they, like he's, he's kind of their star and, if he's if he's really hurt and they keep him out, like it might make sense to shut him down for the season uh, with the late bye week, right? Like it looks like it might be a lost season for the Colts, and I think they're in some disarray too. Like I don't like the coaching change. 
Like it was a quarterback change followed by a coaching change. And the, like, we don't know who's like, it's like the, the ball boys like calling the plays or something like, they, <laughs> like the coach like doesn't, I don't know. It just seems like a mess. And, and as a younger man, I would have looked at this and thought, well, they're an NFL team. They know what they're doing. <clears throat> Having seen enough organizations now living in the Washington area, you know, are just in total disarray all the time. Like, it occurs to me, like, no, maybe they, they don't know what they're doing. Like, maybe they, like, Jeff Saturday is the guy that was just sitting in the room when they're like, yeah, all right, Jeff, why don't you cook? <laughs> you know? and, and, like, it might just be a mess. So, but I don't know. I'm interested to hear you because, like, it, it does sound like you're high on him. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm high on him for exactly those reasons. Like, I'm high on him because it's so hard to pull the trigger on him. And you have Jonathan Taylor at 7,500 against the middle of the road run defense and a bad overall defense. And like, it's going to be so hard to pull the trigger on him. And yet that's often the type of play that like people look back and they're like, oh my God, Jonathan Taylor was 4% owned. I'm just pulling a number out of thin air. I haven't even looked at ownership projections yet, but like Jonathan Taylor was 4% owned and he put up 35 points and I didn't even like consider pulling the trigger. So what, what I like here is uh, Deion Jackson's out this week or is expected to be out this week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor practiced in full on Thursday. He seems like ready to play. The everything in the Colts press conference where they like announced Jeff Saturday, uh, there's two things. One was it was funny to me that Jim Irsay mentioned like over and over again, including when he wasn't even asked about this. He, he kept mentioning that he's never hired a coach who had a losing record with the Colts. And I was like, well, yeah, you guys got you lost a bunch of games before Peyton Manning was in the draft. And then you started Curtis Painter all year before, like intentionally started Curtis Painter. It was like miles by far the worst backup in football, let alone the worst starter, in order to get Andrew Luck the next year. That helps a lot with never hiring uh, a losing head coach. But what he kept saying was like culture and leadership. And those are like the two main things that he kept saying. And I think about like, you know, a lot of times when these coaches get fired, players hate that coach, like Doug, the Doug Marones, the Greg Schianos, the John Grudens, and they rally around the new guy. Well, players love Frank Wright. Colts players love Frank Wright. So I'm sure they're frustrated by this firing, but like Jeff Saturday is not being brought in to be a tactician. He's being brought in because they felt like the effort's not there. And so it's like, they're bringing him in to be like a, a Dan Campbell, like rah, rah, rally the troops guys, which might not last all season, but for one game, he can get these guys fired up to play. And like, how is Jeff Saturday going to think the best way to win is he's going to be like, let's pound Jonathan Taylor. Like it's going to be a shock to me if Jonathan Taylor sees fewer than 24 touches. And I honestly think like 24 to 30 is the range he ends up in. And so this is a spot where like, I'm not going all in on him, but I'm totally willing to play him on my single entry rosters this week. I'm going to be like massively overweight the field because if the field hasn't like 5%, I'll have him at 20 or 25, something like that. So uh, yeah, I just think it's a, a really sharp way to get some upside on a week. That's kind of ugly, right? Where Derrick Henry projects the best out of the highest price running backs. But Derrick Henry never hits for monster games unless it's against like the Texans or Jags, right? So we're saying, hey, maybe Derrick Henry gets 23 to 28 points and that'd be great at 8.3K. It's like, dude, like Damian Pierce could get 16, Derrick Henry could get 24 and everybody's kind of happy with those scores. And Jonathan Taylor could come over here and that's 40 points. He could almost hit 40 points on his own, you know? So yeah, I just think it's an interesting week to like, like you said, swing for the fences, right? And, and he's a guy who... Could he come out and disappoint? Yeah, but could he come out and get 30 to 35 points with nobody on him? I think so. And so, yeah, I, there's just a lot that lines up there where it's like for one week, I think if this team will play hard. I think that Jonathan Taylor will get the rock a lot. Um, I really like to play this week. 
it's interesting. I, I like Jonathan Taylor at like at eighty one hundred or whatever, eight thousand, and because I but the thought process is nobody's going to play him, and then now even less people are going to play him. He's even cheaper, and I'm like, I just can't go there. <laughs> but maybe I'll, yeah, I'll probably go there. I might not go there in single entry. I, he actually is a guy where like the projections are saying that he's a good play. It's just I'm worried that those projections are based off of a fully healthy Jonathan Taylor, and maybe he's not fully healthy. But then again, I'll say the last time I said an organization's in total disarray uh, and I didn't want to like touch them in Carolina, Carolina (laughs) (laughs) made a coaching change. And it's like, wow, I got to load up on Tampa Bay this week. Right. And, and they ended up, you know, pulling out the, I think the biggest upset of the the NFL season. So yeah, it is true. Like it's, it's a, you know, we are playing in a one week season and um, you know, that that coaching change, like maybe it does shake things up for this week. And Jonathan Taylor, and yeah, and the coach is like, yeah, I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to run Jonathan Taylor. And maybe he is healthy. And maybe it is. It's just taking this long for him to get fully healthy. And now now it's going to be his week. So, it, it, yeah, he's a play that I'll, I'll probably be on a little bit more than I would have before we did this show. <laughs> yeah, but not, not to like a Justin Fields level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not to Justin Fields level. I, it would be tough for me to say, like, that's the one guy this week that it, it's going to break the slate. But it, and it, it's true. Like, the Raiders are not – like are not a team like I talk about organizations disarray. It's not like the Raiders have been world beaters this, this year. So, um, so yeah, that it's a strong argument. Yeah. Um, but that's what I like about this week. Like obviously like the guys who project best are fields and Damon Pierce, but like, there's just, they're so clean and I will be 0% disappointed if Sunday ends and I lost because, and I'll have some fields, I'll have some Pierce, but I'll be way underweight the field on Pierce and I'll be probably a little bit underweight the field on, on Justin Fields. Um, but if I lose because, like, those are the two guys you had to have, I'll be like, well, that's totally fine, right? But I think if there's a clear opportunity to win because those guys weren't the guys you had to have, and then it's like the reason those guys are the guys you people think you had to have is because there's just not a lot else to choose from. And so if we're like, but what if we choose from those pools that other people don't want to choose from? It's a really interesting week to where – these kind of fragile chalk pieces could break and then these kind of like non-attractive secondary options could hit and then we're in great shape. So like we're sitting here talking about all the cheap split backfield running backs and Kenny Pickett and Case Keenum and Jonathan Taylor. But I kind of think that's the way to play this week in tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you have to embrace the uncertainty because if people end up on the the really highly owned plays just because they're they're kind of afraid to pick these guys that might not hit. Well, anybody might not hit, right? I get right. money all the time, you know, <laughs> guys that are kind of supposed to be sure things because there's just nobody's player, no player's chances of hitting are hundred percent. And, you know, we, we tend to underestimate the, the chance of an, an injury, the chance of a, a total, you know, a role change during the game. Um, like, Oh, this guy just, you know, doesn't have it. You know, we're going to put in, in somebody else. Um, yeah, like like the Pittsburgh running back situation. Like we have no idea. Like it could be a split backfield. It, like it actually historically has not been a split backfield in Pittsburgh. Uh, so it, it could be one guy still getting all the carries, and it could be Jalen Warren. It, it could be Najee Harris. We just don't know. Uh, and you're but you're not gonna know like, until Sunday. So you just gotta you gotta pick one. And and it, yeah, maybe it's Harris. Maybe it's Warren. Um, I guess one one position I don't think we've really talked about that much at all is, is tight end. Um, it, it's shaping up as like a little bit of a binary situation because uh, Travis Kelsey, I think, is is priced way ahead of everybody else, but he's also projecting way ahead of everybody else. And it's one of those things that I'm 
always torn on and like might not make a decision to like noon on Sunday. Do I want to be overweight the field on Travis Kelsey or underweight, um, you know, underweight based off of the price or just like, yeah, if Travis Kelsey goes out and gets three touchdowns, you're going to be like, of course, why was I playing any other tight end? <laughs> you know, then look at all these other guys. <laughs> I could have been playing Travis Kelsey at, at, you know, at 50% ownership. You know, I could have had 50% Travis Kelsey or something when the rest of the, the field might be at 15%. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be lower than that. Well, I guess the hard thing for me is I always want to play Mahomes if I play Kelsey because if Kelsey hit, Mahomes almost always goes for 30-plus. So then it's like you get this free square and then to not take advantage of it is suboptimal. But on a week like this, you know, I could play Kelsey with like a Kenny Pickett or something like that. Like hopefully Pickett also like – you give yourself another thing you have to get right, but you save a lot of salary and create some flexibility there. But, yeah, I mean, it's so hard to build Kelsey and Mahomes rosters – um, and, and even like a Kelsey plus Tua or Kelsey plus Fields would be really difficult to build. So I just think we'll see relatively low ownership on him just by virtue of the way that the pricing shapes up, so which, which means I'll definitely be overweight the field on Kelsey if that ends up being the case. If he's like coming in high owned, then I'll probably be even the field. And then there's just like a whole slew of guys from – I like Harrison Bryant at 2,700. Most people won't be on him, but everybody else is like 3,200 to 3,800. And like all of them are viable, right? Foster Moreau and Evan Ingram and um, Dalton Schultz. I really like Dalton Schultz. He should be higher priced than he is. But like there, there's like six or seven guys in this range. It's like, yeah, I'm fine with any of them. None of them stand out to me. Uh, probably take the lower owned guys or the guys who correlate best with what I'm doing elsewhere and, and leave the other guys alone. But yeah, that's kind of how I see tight end this week is nothing stands out on the lower ends. Kelsey's clearly the best play. He's just really hard to play this week. Yeah, we might actually see a lot of ownership, I think, on Dolchik and uh, Foster Moreau. Yep, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's interesting. There's very little separation between them and the rest of the guys that are all like 3,200. Like you mentioned, Harrison Bryant. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these guys are going to be guys that if they get a touchdown, that's good enough for you. Yep. Um, and if, you know, but there's nobody that's going to necessarily break out. I mean, we saw Cole Komet did really well last week, but yeah, it's probably not going to happen Every week. And yeah, there's just a, a pile of guys like Evan Ingram, uh, you know, that are just between that, that 3,200, you know, 2,800. And there's probably not much differentiation. So if the field kind of condenses around uh, Dolchik and, uh, and Foster Moreau, then maybe that's a, a good place to get different. And actually, I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into some Travis Kelsey because he is that guy that has, you know, more of that guaranteed role. And then if you if you put Kelsey in, that kind of forces you into those cheaper, uncertain running backs, and, and where you just got to pick one. Um, so, probably an argument for being over the field on Travis Kelsey. But all right, any any final thoughts on on the week? No, I mean, uh, I guess I'll say this: if you're going to play this week, you might as well play for play for first place, right? There's no reason to just play the exact, and it doesn't mean you have to be off Fields and Pierce and like you could be off one guy, right? But you the the way to build this week is so like straightforward for everybody that you got to do something a little bit different. So uh, if you guys are watching this, listen to this, keep that in mind. If you're, if you're playing this week, target first place, be willing to lose. Cause um, this is a week to swing for the fences for sure. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's a good week to game stack as well. Cause I think people sometimes look at these lower scoring weeks and think, well, no game stands out. I'm going to take a couple pieces from, from every game. But I, at the end of the day, one game probably is going to have stood out or you know, one or two games probably is going to have stood out with a higher score than, than the Vegas totals, you know, which is like what all the projections are based off of. So it's a good, good week. I think, especially with just 10 games to group, you know, if you're doing multiple rosters or even just doing one roster, like 
take a, a few pieces from the same game just to, to get that game stack and hope you hit the game that far exceeds at Vegas. Totally. Yeah, yeah, agreed. 100% on board with that. All right, well, that'll do it for uh, solo, she, solo Ship <laughs> Week 10. Uh, good luck this week, and uh, we'll see, yeah, see you guys next week.